Bidzy's Small Business Society number 67. You're listening to Bidzy's Small Business Society. I'm Rob Barisoff. We talk to small business owners about what makes their small business successful. Connect with Bidzy's Small Business Society at bidzy.com and grow your business. Bidzy.com is the website that connects customers and respected local businesses. Customers post projects for free in any of over 100 categories, including all types of home renovation, landscaping, cleaning services, photography, and many, many more. Now, if you're a business, Bidzy.com is a great way to find new customers because you are automatically notified each time a customer posts a project in your subscribed categories. So for example, let's say you own a roofing company and a customer posts a project in our roofing category. You are automatically notified via email or text and you can submit a bid at bidzy.com or use our internal chat system to introduce yourself to the customer and give them reasons why they should use you to complete their project. Monthly subscriptions start at $14.99. That's $14.99 per month for unlimited access to new customers and unlimited bidding at bidzy.com. Email rob at bidzy.com for more details or start your 30-day free trial now at bidzy.com. Thanks for listening to another episode of Bidzy Small Business Society. Today I am joined by John Mountner. John is a serial entrepreneur whose strategies and principles led him to start five multi-million dollar companies over the past 25 years. Today, he works with businesses helping grow profitable companies. John's new book, The Profit Pattern, outlines the top 10 tools to transform your business, drive performance, empower your people, and accelerate both productivity and profitability. You can find The Profit Pattern on Amazon. So John, welcome. So great to have you. Can you tell us more about yourself and your business? Hey, Rob. Good morning, and thanks for having me. You know, it's uh, a little quick background. You know, when I was in my mid-20s, I was working for corporate America. I got a degree in accounting, which I don't even know why, because I don't even like accounting. But I I started out with uh, a big Fortune 500 company, and I quickly realized within the first few months, you know, this is just not for me. I'm just, I don't know, maybe I had my midlife crisis at 26 or something. But I kind of realized that I needed to... um, to try something else, and and just corporate America just wasn't for me, and so I quit my job, and I had a you know a few dollars in the bank, literally a few hundred dollars in the bank, and I said, you know, I want to go sell roasted nuts on the street corners, and so I, I as a as a kid, you know, I used to make candy, and I uh, I, I invented this recipe where you add cinnamon, sugar, and vanilla, and you put it in a in a little kettle, and you heat it up, and you add almonds to pecans, and they come out all crunchy and glazed. And I was like, you know, nobody's really doing that. And I thought, you know, I, I, I'm going to go start to do this. And of course, my family thought I was nuts, you know, literally. Um, <laughs> you know, I've got this, you know, great job and, and corporate America and a bright future. And, and I'm like, no, this is just for me. And, and so, you know, they weren't exactly excited when I decided to, to, uh, to buy a big copper kettle with a flame underneath it. And I built this cart, you know, imagine a six-foot cart with like an umbrella. And um, and I decided I was going to move to Orlando, Florida and sell roasted nut carts. And my dream and vision is someday there are going to be roasted nut carts all over the world, right? So 
you know, I didn't get a lot of support, but I decided, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to try this because I, I, my, my, I'm always the kind of person that if I don't do something, I'm going to feel bad about it later, especially if I could see somebody doing, taking an idea and making a lot of money with it. And, you know, so I just, I, I would regret not doing it, you know, and I figure life's short enough anyway, why not try things, you know? So I, uh, so I, I started out with my venture and my, my goal was to have these roasted nut carts all over the world, and I had one location, and it was in downtown Orlando, Florida, at a little shopping, outdoor shopping mall, and within about six months, I was pretty much functionally bankrupt. So I, um, I, I did a, used the process of elimination. I said, well, what is wrong with this situation? You know, uh, you know, is it the cart? Is it the product? You know, the cinnamon roasted almonds would fill the air. You know, you could smell them from 100 feet away. And I would give samples of a nice crunchy glazed cinnamon sugar coated almond. And we serve them in a, in a bag all warm and fresh. And everything was, you know, but what is wrong with this? I mean, I'm not making any money. I'm losing money. And, I, and I'm down seems to my last. Seems perfect, right? It seems right. absolutely perfect. Exactly. And I'm down to my last 300 bucks. And I had a kind of a soul searching moment where I was like, you know, I either quit or I maybe I crawl back to my job. And of course, everyone's going to say, you know, told you so. Or I, I keep going. And I and I was like, look, I'm down to my last 300 bucks anyway. I might as well just keep going. So I used the pro. It forced me to use the process of elimination. The process of elimination is narrowing down what's wrong. So I asked myself, you know, what is wrong with this situation? I've got to do something. You know, is it is it the cart? Is it ugly? Nah. Is it is the products bad? No. Everybody loved the product and was it was served properly. And and was my was my hair parted on the wrong side of my head? No, that wasn't. <laughs> you know, I just I went through every possible scenario and I got down to one thing: the location was bad. So, in any case, I called. I realized that, you know, I've got to do something. I've got to move this cart somewhere else. Unfortunately, it was just on wheels, and I could load, load it on the back of my old pickup truck, and I could move it anywhere, I suppose. So at the time, the Orlando Arena had just been built, and the Orlando Magic basketball team, you know, the NBA team just started, and they had their big star, which was Shaquille O'Neal. And so All they... Right. Um, yep. Yeah, and, they, um, and I called up the food service director, and I said, hey, I've got this roasted nut cart. You know, maybe it'll sell in the arena. And he goes, you know, kid, why don't you send me a brochure and a sample and I'll get back to you. And I, and I, I don't know why I remember this, but it was sort of a bit of a key decision. Because if I had said, oh, okay, sir, you know, I'll get you a brochure and a sample. I'll mail it off. Now, if I had done that, what do you think I would have gotten? Oh, man. Uh, that brochure would have been filed uh, amongst probably the hundreds of other brochures from the other people that are trying to do that exact same pitch, right? Exactly. And, you know, the product would have been more you know, cold and it's probably stale by the time you finally open it. And it goes, sure. yeah, it wasn't yeah. good. So I figured to myself that was one option, you know, probably not the best. And the next option is, well, I, I got to do something different. So I, I wanted to put my best foot forward so he could experience what I was really doing. So I decided to say, listen, I'll be, can I just drop it? I'll drop a, uh, I'll drop by in the morning at nine o'clock. How does that sound? And the food service director is like, fine. So what I did is I loaded up this whole roasted nut cart in the back of my old pickup truck and I took it over there and I set it up and I started roasting a batch of almonds because I wanted people to experience what I was doing. You know, and so I, I roasted a batch of almonds. The smell of cinnamon filled the air and this big giant uh, garage door opened and all the food service people came out, the people from the magic and the building managers. And, and I handed out samples and he goes, this is really great. You start tomorrow. You know, so that night at the arena, there was 22,500 people showing up for a basketball game, and I was pedal to the metal. I couldn't make them fast enough. I made Man. more in an hour than I did in a week in the mall. 
you know? And, and so I saved up enough money and I built another cart and I put it in the other, other end of the arena. And at the same time, Universal Studios in Orlando was opening up their uh, new theme park. And I called the food service director up and I said, hey, I've got this roasted duck cart. We're selling, you know, the product at the arena. It's, it smells good. It's something unique and different. You know, maybe we'd sell in the theme park. And he goes, hey, kid, why don't you send me a brochure and sample? And I go, well, you know, I could, but I could, maybe I could stop by in the morning. So I loaded up the pickup truck and I rolled it into the boardroom at Universal. I did the same kind of a demonstration. And he said, this is really great. You start tomorrow. And so, you know, in the first <laughs> month, the first month of the theme park, I did $100,000 in sales. So over the course of the next five years, I opened up more locations. I poured more money back in. I, I didn't have any real experience as an entrepreneur, no, what idea, no idea what I was doing. Just continuing reinvesting, re-innovating, regrowing, you know, doing whatever I could do. And within, within five years, the company had locations around the world, and it became one of the 500 fastest-growing companies in the country. Um, and you know, sales went from one, you know, one, uh, a few hundred thousand in the first year to over a hundred million dollars, um, you know, five years later in terms of system-wide sales. Yeah, I mean, we're, you're talking about a nine-figure business here, and I mean, you started with literally a few hundred bucks. Is that right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. I did. Yeah. You know, I, I think there's a there's a I think what I've learned is that. What you think about is what you get. You know, if I had said to myself, you know, someday there will be three roasted nut carts out there, guess what I would have gotten? My vision was there's going to be someday roasted nut carts all over the world, even when I had one location and it was failing. You know, I still believed in that dream and vision of one location, you know, being, being hundreds of, uh, around the world. And so I never, I never stopped thinking about that vision. So, um, you know, I, I think for me, a vision is sort of a very much of a target. Of what of what could happen or what what one can do, I think people lose their visions. Unfortunately, uh, for me, the, the always focusing on the target, which is location roasted nut carts all over the world. Even when I'm down to my last dollar, the roasted nut carts all over the, all over the world. And I didn't think about the darkness around the the the, the target, which was I'm not smart enough. I don't have any money. I, I am going to go out of business. I I don't know, you know, I don't have connections, I don't have experience, I'm not ready. I mean, all those kind of negative thoughts, which I thought from time to time, is like, whoa, 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 I, I got to stop doing that. I've got to focus on the vision, which is that someday there's going to be roasted nut carts all over the world, and how incredibly cool would that be? And so I just kind of focused on that. So, um, you know, I, I, I was able to build that business and sell it, and I started another one and built that. And so, you know, over the years, I've just focused on my dream and vision and have been able to take ideas and, and really put them into action. And, and it's amazing that, that it's been my secret sauce, I think, just thinking about things and working toward a goal. Wow, John, that is a great story packed with some great information. I mean, you're talking about grit, you're talking about resilience. And I think the big thing that I picked up is that process of elimination. And you boiled that thing down to location, location, location. That was your process. So do you outline some of those processes in your book? And maybe do you give sort of some information on how people can you know, start boiling it down a little bit faster uh, as opposed to getting down to those last few hundred bucks like you did. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, you know, what, hap what happened is after I sold these companies, built them and sold them and gotten, you know, I, I, 15 years ago, you know, people would always ask me, you know, John, how did you create one of the 500 fastest growing companies in the country? And I said, well, 
you know, I, I just did some very specific things. And like, well, can you show me? And, and people were always asking me that. So 15 years ago, I created a program and I call it the cycle of success. And I teach companies, I coach them through the specific steps that I utilize to help these companies really grow much faster. And as a result, in the last 15 years, I've worked with about 4,000 owners and managers of all kinds of companies, large, medium, you know, small, um, you know, they're all wonderful, passionate, hardworking uh, owners and managers and employees. They, they want to get to their dreams and visions. They ha all have a dream and vision. I think every entrepreneur has got a great dream and vision. It's just a matter of where am I compared to where I want to be? Because I think, you know, where that dream is, is maybe um, so powerful and wonderful, but then the reality of where we are right now is can can be a gap, and I call that gap the opportunity gap, not disappointment, but an opportunity to really focus on your business to try and get there. So, you know, after 15 years of coaching lots of different companies um, in a lot of different industries all around the country, I realized something is that you know one one of my in, in my process of elimination, what I do is I ask that I ask the company to gather a team of people and start asking. You know, what do we need to do right now to move this company in the right direction? What do we need to do right now to reach our goals and visions? You know, what's a challenge? What's a speed bump literally in our path that we face? Every company I work with, I know nothing about because they don't work there. You know, the people who work inside the organization, I think, are the experts. They've got years of experience. They're there day in and day out, every day for years. So I tap into their knowledge and expertise and I empower them to start thinking about that process of elimination. What do we have to eliminate or get rid of that's going to really help us get better? And so over the last 15 years, you know, through all these companies I've worked with, we identified the top 10 most important things that would make their companies grow much faster. And the interesting thing is, out of all these companies in different industries and different um, size companies, the top 10 most important things we're all identical across all these different companies. Give us a couple of the top concerns that these guys are having. You know, the, it's interesting how I, I just, and so what I did is I created this book called The Profit Pattern yeah. because it's these top 10 things that all these companies were facing. They're identical across the board. So some of the things I hear all the time is really lack of innovation. You know, we're not, we, we don't innovate inside the company. It's the land of not invented here. You know, that's a top 10. Training is a top 10. Uh, communication issues are a top 10. Lack of standard procedures, uh, making sure that everybody does the same thing the same way and it's written down. I mean, those are, again, I don't want to give the entire top 10 away because then nobody's going to, you know. <laughs> you got to give people but, a reason to buy the book, John. Yeah. It's, 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 it's true. But, you know, the book became, in 24 hours, it became a number one bestseller on Amazon. Ah, congratulations. Um, Thank you. And it kind of resonated with people um, because of the commonality. And everyone I've spoken to has said almost every one of those top 10, we, we have those issues. We need to figure out how to work through them. So, again, you know, training, communication, lack of standard procedures, lack of innovation. You know, those are some of the things that I heard all the time from all these different companies. In the book, are you sort of just identifying these problems and sort of painting in broad brush strokes or are you sort of narrowing this thing down and giving some real actionable tools that people can use to address these problems and if so can you give us maybe two or three of those really actionable tools like are people gathering in boardrooms are they uh, are they role-playing what are these guys doing to improve 
So yeah, the answer is yes. I, you know, and every the, there are ten chapters in the book, and each chapter talks about one of the top ten that was so common across all the board of all these different companies. And so um, I I get into what is it? You know, what is this top ten in more detail? And then a case study and a story and specific tips and techniques and actionable things that can you can do to immediately address that top ten. For, so for instance, let's take a look at innovation, right? You know, companies that if you're not going to innovate, you're going to evaporate fundamentally, okay? You know, and, and when I had the roasted nut carts, you know, the roasted nut carts that I started with in the very beginning compared to the ones I had three, four, five years later were light years ahead, you know, I was always trying to figure out, okay, what's the most efficient way to make a batch of almonds? Because I've got 100 people in line all day, all night, I, and I don't want to lose them. They're not going to stand in line forever. So really quick service is critical. And how do I make sure that each batch of almonds is perfect, but also very efficient, very productive? And so I would do things like look at this. I was constantly looking at the roasted nut cart going, okay, how do I make it a little bit faster? How do I make it a little better? How do I make it a little more efficient? How do I make it look better? I mean, the evolution of the carts in terms of the design and the look changed all the time. I was constantly changing graphics and improving the, the logo stuff and lighting and, and all kinds of things I was, I was doing all the time because it was fun. I, I, think the, I think the innovation part is fun. You know, who wants to come to work and to keep doing the same things every yeah, day? Yeah, no way. Let's try. Let's try. Right. You know, it gets boring, frankly, for me anyway. So I, I love to be able to um, constantly change things around. I would add like a little a drawer that would slide all the way out, if you can imagine. And there's a 50 pound back box of almonds. And instead of me like sticking my head in the cart, you know, a hundred times a day and bumping my head and digging in the box to get the, another scoop of almonds, you know, I would actually have a drawer that slid out completely. I could scoop it in, slide the drawer back in, pour another batch in, you know, all these types of little innovations all the time I was making to make it more efficient. When I talked to companies, I said, well, when's the last time you did anything differently? And the answer is, well, not, you know, maybe years ago i'm like well if we if we keep doing the same things every day what are we going to get oh, you're going to get the same results man yeah i mean it's kind of what einstein was talking about all oh, right the definition of insanity right exactly so you know i i walk into companies and one of the innovation is 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 one of the top 10 that always comes up you know they just haven't done anything new and then get they're wondering why aren't we growing so i kind of go through what i call the abcs of innovation you know so the first thing for the A for the innovation, and this is in the book, but the A, A for the innovation would be ask your people, okay? You know, your people are smart, and, and it's always where the owner or the top of the company wants to do it by themselves. You know, the owner wants to muscle it through. He or she should, knows everything, and usually they do. But the fact of the matter is your people also are smart. They do things every single day. They set the machines up. They talk to the customers. They fill out the paperwork. You know, whatever they do, they're the experts. They're very close to it. And, and sometimes the owner can get a little bit removed from what's actually going on. So I always step. So the ABCs of innovation is ask your people. I always say get, them a, get, get a 10-person team, a five-person team around the table and ask them, hey, what can we innovate? What can we make a little bit better? What's a, what's a creative idea? And what happens in that innovation thing is you end up with a, a lot of ideas, right? So once you've asked your people, right, um, you know, the, and you do that, which is the which 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 is being done with. So the B, the A is ask. B is it's being done through brainstorming, 
right? So I always, I always want your people to brainstorming. So A is ask and B, do it through brainstorming. You know, brainstorming is just a roundtable discussion. What's a creative idea? How can we make something innovative? How do we make it faster, better, cheaper? That's the brainstorming part. And usually what happens is you'll end up with, you know, a hundred different ideas. It's very common when a brainstorming session has occurred. You know, you, most companies have a hundred innovative ideas and all those ideas are really inside the minds of the people, you know? And so once you, once you, A, you've asked, you, but through B, through brainstorming, C, the, the question is, and you generate a hundred ideas and it's quite common. I mean, think about it. You take 10 people in a room for an hour or two and they each come up with 10 ideas. Next thing you know, you have a hundred innovative ideas in your company. It's, it's really so simple, but it's rarely ever done, you know, because it's being done at the top. And I want to get people that are literally in the trenches, you know, filling out the paperwork and, and out there in the field or, or loading the boxes or loading the trucks or whatever they do, you know, get those people's ideas um, to, the, to the top. So once you brainstorm, then, you know, the question is, can I fix all 100, you know? So what you want to do is you want to consolidate some of those ideas. You can't Imagine a wall of sticky notes with 100 or more uh, sticky notes up on a wall. I mean, you're looking at that going, my God, I don't even know where to start. It's, oh, it's too warm. overwhelming. So what exactly. you've got to do is you've got to consolidate. You, when I do, when I say consolidate, take similar items or concepts together. And what usually that consolidation process does is it compresses that list of 100 down to maybe 20 or 30, which is a little more manageable. You know, So you'll find that there are there are, somebody might be talking about well, we need to uh, fill out the paperwork better. And all those fill out the paperwork better ideas go in a bucket. So kind of take those ideas, consolidate them into like, uh, like groupings, if that makes sense. So after you've asked your, after your people, you B, then brainstorm, you C, you consolidate, and then decide. The D is decide. You know, pick out two or three of the most important ones that you think are really the most important. All ideas are important. Some are more valuable than others. So once you've consolidated those ideas into the top 10 or 20, decide on which would be, let's say, just pick three that you think, wow, those three, man, if we could implement those or we could work on those, that'd be awesome. And then E is execute. So put a team together. Ask your people, you know, assign some responsibilities. Go, go out there and try and fix it. You know, let's, let's divide and conquer. Let's have these top three ideas. Let's put a little team together or just individual experts in the company to go back and, and come back with us Come back a week later with some something so, sort of a solution that they put into place. So again, you ask, you brainstorm, you consolidate, you decide, and then you execute some of those ideas. It's I just call it ABCs of innovation, but it's rarely ever done. And yet, you know, we ask ourselves, why aren't we growing? So that's I talk about that in the book, and there's some there's some uh, examples of that um, <clears throat> in the innovation chapter. Yeah, I mean. We're in such a dynamic business environment. We don't want to be stuck in that hierarchical sort of structure. You know, we want to encourage and cultivate these new ideas, and we want to encourage and cultivate a new voice, no matter where that voice is coming from within our organization. Right, John? Yeah, you know, it's vo I call it voice of the people. You know, and I think, and I think truly that the people in have every first off, everyone wants to be heard. Their opinions want to be uh, valued, and and I have to say. <clears throat> when you get voice of the people together, get your brainstorming team put together, and you start doing this, there's a couple things that happen. One, of course you're going to find great ideas, but the most important things, they're going to feel valued and they're going to feel engaged. That, wow, you know, the owner can, uh, you know, here I am, I'm loading boxes all day long for years, yet the owner wants me, 
you know, to be on a team to figure out what we can all do to make the company go from good to great. And, and that makes that person feel special. Well, of course, and John, I just want to say, you know, that person hauling boxes, their opinion is as important to them as, as yours is to you, right? Exactly. And, and everybody, every, and when the owner, and people literally have said to me, you know, when we ask them to get together and do some brainstorming, I, and I facilitate this, this process, but, you know, but I encourage companies to try it on their own. But um, people always go, wow. You know, I've been here 15 years and the owner never asked me my opinion. You know what? I've been loading millions of boxes and I got 10 great ideas and we could do it better, faster, cheaper. And I'm so excited to be on this team. And it's uplifting. You know, it's not like let's talk about our dirty laundry and how screwed up we are. It's about what can we do what to make it better and what are your ideas? And now a lot of owners might be afraid of that because somehow in their minds it might be make them look weak. You know, but the reality is that the best companies are always asking their people, what, what can we do better? How do we make it better, faster, cheaper? So, you know, it's kind of like, um, you know, it, it's, it's an empowering, enlightening process, but people don't do it because I think it makes them somehow look in after a week. But as an owner, empower your people, get them engaged and involved. And it's a 180 degree opposite reaction that what you think you might get. John, let's switch gears a little bit now. So you're doing some coaching, you're doing some mentoring with uh, with Cozy, right? Yes. Tell us why is it so important to have a coach or a mentor in in business or in life? It's a great question. You know, I think that the best professional athletes in the world, you know, all have coaches. You know, let's face it. You know, um, because you need an external source to push you and motivate you and to hold you accountable. You know, that's why because you know, top flight athletes, um, you know, some of the top most, uh, you know, uh, best executives um, in, in, in small and large companies, the most successful ones have an outside catalyst to push them. Um, you know, the accountability part's really important. If you've ever tried to lose weight, you know, and you fail, but you have somebody that holds you accountable, you'll succeed much more. It's so easy to plateau, especially when we use that, uh, you know, the physical uh, analogy. It's so easy to plateau, and you just don't know that uh, you can actually push yourself further. If you've ever gone to the gym and have had a trainer, you know, and, and I and I have, well, from time to time, I've had a trainer, you know, get me, uh, you know, to push me harder than I would ever push myself. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I got to tell you, you know, I'm down to... I cannot do another push-up, and that person's making me do 10 more. And it's getting the best out of you because it's tough love, but at the end of the day, you're going to feel better. You're going to get in shape faster. You're going to achieve your goals quicker. So, you know, having having a coach is critical, and it's a great investment for you uh, and, and your entire company to get um, off-center, off-base, um, hold yourself accountable, uh, have somebody hold you accountable, and it's really, you'll get much faster progress. So I, I, I think that's why coaches are critical. John, I want to ask a few questions now so that our listeners can learn more about your personal interests. Are you ready? Okay, go for it. What type of cell phone do you use? I have an iPhone 6. What type of car do you drive? Uh, I have a Mercedes and a, and a uh, BMW. Do you have a favorite vacation spot? You know, I love St. John of the Virgin Islands, but I, I travel extensively, and um, I, I just uh, everywhere I go, I try to uh, be like a local and uh, and and live like a local person because um, the, you know, and, and find out where those little cool spots are that that locals go, and and so um, you know, travel travel a lot actually. 
So besides uh, roasted nuts, do you have a favorite food? You know, I I, um, I also own a restaurant, um, and so um, I'm a big fan of, of um, kind of like contemporary American and French, actually. You know? I like a good steak, you know? Yeah, yeah. What, uh, what type of restaurant is it? Plug it right now if you want to. Well, yeah, it's called Chef Oliver's. It's uh, www.chefolivers.com. It's a contemporary American restaurant. Um, my partner and chef is Oliver. He's worked at some of the finest hotels uh, in the world. And we came to Chicago and opened up a, a contemporary American steakhouse with, uh, with Latin and French uh, influences. And uh, it's, it's a really creative menu, and it's a fun business. You know, it's, it's a, I, I try and keep myself busy with different things. Fantastic, yeah. Do you have a current favorite book? Um, you know, I'm reading The Alchemist right now, but I'm re- I'm reading four or five books at the same time all the time, and maybe that's maybe that's why I'm not finishing any of them. You know. <laughs> Do you also have a favorite podcast, John? Well, I'm a fan of you. Uh, I believe oh, you're not. thanks, man. <laughs> and and, and, I, and I'm always I'm always learning all kinds of things and. And, uh, and I listen to your podcast, and, and I enjoy them. So I mean, it's an honor to be on your show, actually. John, thanks so much. I appreciate it very much. It means a lot, man. So what do you do to wind down after a long or stressful day? Um, you know, I, 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 I like to uh, – first of all, I, I have to work out. I try and do some sort of exercise every day. I think it's a great way to take your mind off things, uh, whether it's biking, running, um, you know, I've, I've done a, you know, half marathon. Um, I try and do some physical activity every day, I think, and I try and do it in the morning. Uh, so at the end of the day, um, I just unplug everything and I, and I sort of try and spend time, um, you know, uh, with my kids and, and, um, with friends and, and just, uh, you know, not take things too seriously and, um, you know, try and have a balance. I think sometimes, you know, when I was, you know, really growing my first company. I mean, I was literally working 18 hours a day, uh, seven days a week. But I got to tell you, I never worked because it was something I was loving to do. And I actually, to be honest with you, I feel like I've never worked a day in my life because I'm doing things that I really love to do. And so I think I'm very fortunate. I think every, anybody can do that if they just focus on what they love to do and go do it. And the success and the money will come. Do what you love and love what you do. Exactly. Now, John, do you love to win or hate to lose and why? I, I, I hate losing, you know, um, I don't like really losing, whether it's in a relationship or whether it's in business. Um, and that's a really interesting question. If you think about that question, you know, it, it gives you, is the glass half, half empty or half full, like I suppose, you know, but, um, I don't like losing, you know, I, I sure we all lose and we all fall, smash our faces, but that's how we learn to walk. We get up, you know, but, um, I just, I like, um, I, I like the, the challenge of um, of trying to make something happen, and uh, and but I try when I do lose, um, I, I try and learn from that experience um, all the time. I mean, it, I think I think losing is a great opportunity to to learn. If we're always winning, I don't think we're necessarily learning anything. <laughs> Maybe we've set that uh, standard a little bit too low for ourselves, right? Maybe, yeah. You know, so I, th- I think losing, whether you lose a customer, whether you lose a, a sale, whether you lose in a relationship, whatever it might be, it's an opportunity to really learn from that so you can lose less. You know, I think we all will lose, but I think it's how do we lo- lose less. Now, John, we're getting close to the end here, but I want to ask you this. What is the one thing you want to share with our listeners about transforming their business? Really boil this thing down for us. 
I would say um, what you think about is what you become. I think by having a critical vision of where your future is, is, is maybe the number one most important thing you need to have. I think visions get diluted. I think visions we forget about while we get up in the morning and do what we do. I think we need to be, and that vision can drive you. It can give you focus and clarity. It can always, always remind you, am I getting closer or further away from my goal today? You know, but if we don't have a vision and goal that's really clear, you know, maybe we want to someday be a $10 million company or a $100 million company or whatever. It, it's a matter of are my, am I getting closer or further away from that vision and, and having real passion for what you do. I think a lot of people get up in the morning, go to work, and don't even know why. So I think it's important to ask yourself, why am I doing this? Um, that's going to be a big motivator. So passion and vision um, and, and, and being resilient and tough. And we don't, um, you know, if it's easy, we would all succeed in it. But it's never easy. But um, always figuring out what did I do today, what's working really well, and how did I do that, and how do I copy that, because I think success leaves clues. Um, what, you know, and, and if, I, if I didn't, something didn't happen today, or we lost, why, and maybe we can make it, make it better the next time. So those are some of the, the, the things that I think I, I think about a lot, and it helps me in, in the tough times. Look, guys, John went from 300 bucks to $100 million based on that vision. So have a clear vision and have a big vision. So, John, what does the future look like for you and your business? It looks for, for, for Cycle of Success Institute, you know, COSI, for coaching companies, you know, my vision, of course, is to is to work with companies all over the world and get a team of coaches, and I'm doing that, um, and um, try to help others succeed uh, in the same way. I was very fortunate enough to be able to, and I don't. I'm. I'm just, I was an average student in high school, average student in college. You know, I'm not an extraordinary person in any way, but I think I, I focus on my vision. I work hard toward it, and I just do the best I can every day. Get myself up, keep showing up, keep showing up. Get knocked down, keep getting back back up. But um, I, I think that uh, that uh, that I'm and, I'm and I speak to business owners across the country, uh, and and it's it's a real uh, honestly, I love doing that. It's a pleasure and an honor to be able to meet so, you know, thousands of business owners and maybe help them in some way change the trajectory of their companies and so in the future they're in a, in a place where they want to always have been so that's maybe the future if people want to learn more about you and your businesses or if they want to grab a copy of the profit pattern how can they find you sure you can just go on the the you know profitpattern.com uh the book's on there and you can um you know, download it you can go to amazon.com and type in the profit pattern um, Cycle of Success Institute is a school and the, and the coaching program. So that's www.learn.learncosi.com. There's a lot of information on the coaching that I've been providing uh, companies for 15 years and how the, all their success they've had as a result of that. And if you want to just pick up the phone and call me, you got a question, I got a challenge, and I'm happy to, to do that. Um, so my number, my direct cell phone line is 312. 371-7929. That's 312-371-7929. So just give me a call. And if you got a question or an idea, I'd love to, love to talk about it. John, I know you're a very busy man, so we appreciate you being so generous with your time. Thank you for joining us today on Bidzy Small Business Society. You take care. Thanks, Rob. Take care. You too. Bidzy.com is the website that connects customers and respected local businesses. Customers list goods or services they need and businesses bid on them. 
Customers, if you're looking for a service provider or a local professional, go to Bidzy.com and post your projects for free. Businesses, if you're looking for new customers or a way to expand your customer base, sign up for your 30-day free trial today at Bidzy.com. Thank you for joining us today on Bidzy Small Business Society. Go to Bidzy.com for information and resources on how you can grow your business. Support Bidzy Small Business Society by writing a review and giving us a five-star rating in iTunes. Your positive review and five-star rating will allow us to continue bringing you free, valuable content from amazing and inspiring entrepreneurs and small business owners. Rate and review Bidzy Small Business Society today.